Welcome to IT Newbies, the podcast where we dive into the world of technology with experts from all walks of life. I'm Brent Ingram, and in each episode, we'll be talking to IT professionals about their career journeys from their early days as newbies to the heights of success they've achieved. And don't worry if you're new to IT, because we'll also be breaking down complex tech topics into beginner-friendly discussions. So whether you're just starting out in the field or looking to level up your skills, join us on IT Newbies as we explore the exciting world of technology together. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. First of all, I just want to say thank you for checking out my podcast. This is my first podcast episode that I have ever recorded, and I actually did have some technical issues when recording it. But my first guest, Erich, was patient and gracious as I worked through it. I've known Erich for about five years now. We work together every day for a long time, and he's just a great guy, and I'm so honored that he was willing to be my first guest. I'm still figuring out this podcasting thing, so please stick with me because I do have some great interviews in the pipeline. And without further ado, let's get started. All right, welcome to IT Newbies. Our first guest is going to be my great friend, Erich Holzinger. Erich, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me, Brent. Great, great. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. I'm very thankful to you know be here and to uh, start off this podcast with you. In this podcast, we're all about diving into people's journeys. And so, Erich, tell me, what drew you to IT? Uh, to be honest, uh, I believe I've always kind of been in IT, uh, even not knowing it. I've always, you know, tinkered with computers. I've always uh, liked taking stuff apart. Um uh, but I really didn't get into IT. Uh, I've kind of fell into it by accident. That's a funny story. How did you fall into it? Uh, I was, I started off, believe it or not, in the mortgage industry. I, be, I was actually a manager at a mortgage company uh, back when you know, the housing market was crashing. And not only was I the manager of the office, I inherently, when you work at a small company, you wear a ton of hats. And one of my hats was the IT guy. So more than managing, you know, my uh, loan officers and numbers and making sure they got all their you know documents in for the client and stuff like that, I was mainly going around you know, fixing and installing and, you know, setting up computers, you know, setting up all everything from top to bottom, uh, troubleshooting stuff on the fly and making sure, you know, they're on their calls. Uh, so is I actually found myself enjoying that aspect of it than anything else. Um, uh, and when the opportunity kind of came to it and I, you know, there was another offer at another company. And surprisingly, I the next company I went to was also not for IT. I actually got hired as an accounting assistant. And sure enough, I was an accounting assistant for a few months. 
And one of their IT guys was an architect who went to school for architecture. And I went around when people were like, hey, this is not working. I would kind of help them out. And sure enough, the owner of the architecture firm, one of the partners said, hey, you know, it looks like you're very astute at being an IT guy. Uh, Why don't you make this full time? And I said, I'd really enjoy that. And I never looked back. Ever. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that about your story. I love that. It seems like most, you know, IT, you know, people didn't start out like, like say straight out of college and went into IT. There's always something else that really got them into it, but also they might've had a knack for it growing up as well. So I, I know currently you became a manager in IT. Well, yeah. What what made you choose to become a manager versus just sticking as a IT technician? That's a good question. Uh, I think uh, every IT guy is eventually posed with that question: Which path are you going to go? Um, are you going to go into the management side, uh, where you're actually managing people? Or are you going to be managing projects and things on the back end? Uh, these are actually questions that I pose um, a lot of the applicants. Where do you see yourself? Because everybody always gets that question. You know, where do you see you see yourself in five years? And in IT, it's usually either in operations in some aspect, or you like being the guy in the back and working on spinning up VMs and working on MDMs and working on migrations and all the other jazz. Uh, what got me into it was I just, the same way I, I fell into, into IT, I knew that um, more people facing. I work well with um, personalities and it's inherently how I've always been since I was a kid. I've always been a manager. I've always been a mediator. I've always helped, you know, friends get along and try to figure out what's the issue. Because at the core of it, it's it's really about solving problems, you know. And the issue with being a manager is solving people problems. And I like that stuff. So that's why I went into IT managing. Oh, that's awesome. You know, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you've done when it comes to IT and what did you learn from it? Oh man. The greatest thing about being an IT guy is the fact that you're going to be able to learn from your mistakes. And that's not to knock people that can't learn from their mistakes, but it's a part of life. One of the biggest mistakes I've ever done was to erase <laughs> the owner's entire contact list. And <laughs> when I, yeah. And sure enough, I did it with him sitting right there. A uh, very intimidating fellow. 
Um, it's, a, it's actually a very interesting skill to develop as an IT manager uh, dealing with a A-type personality. So I'm sitting at his office. He's like, hey, I got a new phone. I, want, I, I went ahead and synced it myself last night, but the contacts are wrong. I'm getting now double contacts. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went ahead and this is when, to be honest, I'm just being fair. Uh, not a lot of IT guys in the world know Mac. They do, but just like how the majority, you know, the world is uh, PC centric. Uh, I was PC centric. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had a Windows phone at that time. Uh, the architecture firm, believe it or not, was Mac full, like fully Mac. So to be honest, I'm actually very good at Mac now and I owe it to that company. So, cause they allowed me to make mistakes there. But one of the mistakes that I made, uh, was like I said, I'm sitting here, gives me his new phone, says he has duplicates. And I'm, I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I already have a copy. I thought I had a copy. So I just select it all and delete. And he's like, wait, it's also deleting on my Mac. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, a good thing was I did have the backup for it. I did have to like call myself. And I said, hold on, let me go ahead and take care of this. Pulled the, the backup of his contacts. I turned off his laptop went in and and restored his uh, all his contacts from backup and sure enough they removed all his uh, duplicates and yeah i mean it's one of the many big mistakes i've ever made and it's funny because when you when i usually tell this story uh people usually tell me like it's not that big but that mm. that's a very relative statement because big to you, something that's not big to you might be really big to somebody else. And that VIP built that, that those contacts over many, many years. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had a Rolodex at one point. I'm pretty sure he probably still has that Rolodex. And yeah, so when he saw all those things disappear, he flipped out. Um, side story about... Uh, that gentleman, uh, he's a person that was 50-50 technology and 50-50 not in the sense that he was not very, um, how to say, against technology integrating into the, the marketplace. Uh, but at the same time, he was very uh, cautious. So just imagine when you see his, all his contacts that he probably had one of his assistants a long time ago digitized. See the, all those fly away. So one thing I've always been good at is keeping uh, my composure under, you know, under duress. But it is nerve-wracking. But yeah, the, that's something that uh, seared into my brain. It gives me like PTSD. <laughs> but yeah. That's one that I always uh, steer to, but I'm pretty sure if I sat here and came up with others, I'd probably give you, uh, you know, more fun topics, but that, that, that no, is a good that's, one for that's me. That's good. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. As a CEO, like the more you're around business, the more you realize that 
it's all about relationships. And, and so that contact list was basically him viewing all of his relationships going down the drain because no one memorizes that many phone numbers. Like we used to have a lot of phone numbers memorized. Now I think I have two memorized, like my own and my wife's and and, and 911. Yeah. But but as like a business owner, as a CEO, like that's how you get in contact with, you know, everyone. And yeah, I, I I think anyone would probably freak out a a bit um, if they've built up, if they are actually relationship like centered around in in their personality and in their life. If, you know, someone doesn't have that many friends, (laughs) Or they have all those friends already on like Facebook or something that they could, yeah. you know, We're reach all out World to. Of I'm cool. You could delete all my contacts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even talk to my mom, anyways. So that's fine. She'll she'll call me <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I, I can see why why he would freak out. But yeah, good thing you had a backup. Which I mean, that's just a, another you know term that, or, or another strategy that a lot of IT people have is make sure you have backups and to test your backups. Those will will save your butt like more times than you can count. Yeah, and double triple check before you delete anything, and if possible. Have the user delete it <laughs> instead, <laughs> and not yes. yourself. Um, yes, just to just to cover yourself. Uh, so, what's one lesson that you've learned, uh, even just even in your current role as a manager, that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Ooh, more than anything is keep track of what you do Hmm. more than anything i didn't i learned that being at an msp and not in the sense of asking yourself to you know to be to micromanage your own self but in reality Ever since I turned into this, you know, what did I do at 915? Uh, what did I do at 948? And then going back and seeing how my time was wasted and how to strategize my time. I think that helped me out as a person, as a father, in allocating time. Being like, hey, guys. We only have 30 minutes to play as we're leaving, you know, because as short as time is, time is finite, you know. And one thing I have learned is to not work more, work smarter. So we all know that the average man usually or woman uh, usually needs to sleep anywhere from six to eight hours. Some people can sleep before four and a half, but regardless, uh, if you set, subtract the amount of sleep you get and how much time you're at home and how much time you're at work, you find yourself having a finite amount of time to be with your family 
so that also leaves you very little time for personal and professional development. So I have found myself really structuring my time that way. Um, yeah. So time management is very important in everyday life, you know. And it's it's not to say I don't you know I don't like Netflixing Netflixing and and chill chilling you know but sometimes binging that entire show for an entire weekend is not gonna help you know it's it's you know it's it's that's one thing that really is gonna help me more than anything or has helped me is uh, managing managing my time. That's so true. That's so true. Especially because, I mean, because we work on computers all day, it's easy to go down, you know, rabbit trails, you know, whatever it it might be. It's just, it's just easy to, you know, get distracted or, or to take too long on a problem before, you know, reaching out for help. And yeah, that's a huge skill to develop is, is actually saying how much time are you spending on things and allocating time to different tasks and projects so that you can actually get crap done. You can actually move forward. And because I mean, in the MSP world, there's always going to be a new ticket. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, if there isn't new tickets, then your business is dying. <laughs> uh, yes. And also, I mean, would you. Uh, Again, this is for someone who might just be, you know, listening to the first time uh, about IT. What is what is an MSP? An MSP, great question. Something I actually didn't know uh, when I interviewed uh, with the company that I'm at. They asked me the same question: Do you know what MSP is? Uh, I said no. Uh, it is a managed service provider. We're in essence, without getting too technical, we're the outside IT, if you had an IT. So let's say a company has an internal IT department that manages all the services for that company. We would be the outside uh, contractors that uh, manage an entire service for a specific company if it's level one support all the way up to uh, engineering and even in uh, VCIO and uh, CTO and all that stuff, not CTO, the VCIO uh, role. So we fill that role also. So in essence, just a bunch of IT guys and women, nerds, all alike, joining together to solve solutions for other clients. Yeah, I I don't think I knew what a MSP was until I interviewed for an MSP <laughs> yeah. too. But yeah, I, but then once you get in, you're like, oh, they're everywhere, and it's very you know cost efficient depending on on the you know business. Because yeah, because for one IT person, you get a whole team. So yeah, that's that was a great answer and and also like a, a cool thing about msps is that you get to when you're working for an msp you get to touch a lot of different technology because you're working for a bunch of different businesses that all have different technology stacks and so yeah i would recommend working for a, an msp if you're just starting out 
because it will help you get up to speed on what is being used in a lot of different companies versus if you just work in an internal IT team, then you only get to know that stack uh, intimately. And that could actually slow down your growth as as an IT person. Um, so, but there's you know there's pros and cons to to both. But uh, it's definitely been more of a a pro for me that I started out a good chunk of my beginning of my career at an MSP. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of a that's question. actually. Uh... Actually, I wanted to add to that. When I when I was interviewing at Simplicit, that was one of the questions that they asked me, like, why do you want to work here? And when they're telling me what MSP was, and I knew that, they, you know, like my ears started perking up, that I felt like I would be amongst peers. And the thing is, and not to knock anybody who works as an IT guy, at a company, there's nothing wrong with that. But like how you said, there's a ceiling. Uh, if you're starting out and you're in an IT department, it's probably you and you know some network engineer and probably the CTO. And usually those guys are gonna be there for 10, 15 years. So it's really hard to get any upward mobility. So, that's how I was. Uh, so when I interviewed with my current company, I let them know I want to be part of a team. So, you know, it's great working at another company where, you know, they're all architects and stuff, but during lunches and stuff, they all talk architect stuff, you know, they're not talking IT stuff. So, you know, you're by yourself. So being around an MSP, being around my current company, uh, being with you all those years, uh, and, and chatting and learning and growing together. And I felt like I was actually, and I am part of a team. So that's, like you said, it is a great opportunity for new people, uh, getting into IT to join an MSP and like be exposed to everything. So yeah. Yeah, so that's what I want to say to that. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite productivity hack or or tool that you use the most? Actually, uh, funny enough, uh, one of the productivity tools that was introduced to me, I think, was either you or Phil. It's a nice little app called Snip Paste. And you can actually download it on the Microsoft Store. I've used a version of this in the past called Snagit. It's a licensed uh, application that does a lot of uh, annotations and things like that, like screen grabs. But the good thing about Snip Paste is free. And one thing that I use more than anything uh, of snip paste, which is very funny, is not the screen grabbing itself, but is actually is the pin function. Regardless of how many windows I have, if I have like, or not windows, if I have monitors, I have, I have one really large monitor and two other monitors on the side, regardless of how big or how big of my surface area I have, 
uh, I always have windows behind windows, you know, so you're, I'm always working, you know, one side where I have to put, pull up another window in front of the other. And I have to grab information from a, a bunch of other tabs that are hidden away. So one thing that has helped me like uh, increase my productivity is actually going to each tab, screen grabbing each, pinning it to the screen, which is great because when I pin it, it's always on uh, the foreground, regardless of what in, in, oh, window I have up. So I'll screen grab and pin like five or six different things, work on a Word document or an Excel document or work on a ticket that I'm working on. Like, for instance, if like I'm looking up an issue where it, the steps are on a forum somewhere or there's a step-by-step guide that I have to piece together with another step-by-step guide, I'll piece them together, pin them, move them, and then start working on the, the, you know, the screen that I'm actually going to be working on. And as I'm done with those pins, I just go ahead and delete them off the screen. So it's a very small tool, but it has helped me a lot. So every second counts. Oh, wow. I, I haven't used that feature before, just pinning it, but that sounds really... Yeah, that sounds really helpful, especially because we always have more than one, you know, window open and, you know, just when you're trying to solve a solution. Yeah, that that sounds really, really helpful. I'm going to have to try that out. What's some advice that you would give your younger self? If you could give your younger self who was just starting out in IT, any piece of advice what would it be? That's good. Get into Apple soon. Sooner than normal. But more than anything, uh, just don't be afraid of breaking stuff. You know, it's, mm. yeah, don't be, don't be afraid of uh, failing and get into IT sooner. I think I probably, I mean, obviously I don't want to live with regret. Nobody should live with regret. I'm happy with the place I am. I'm happy with where I am. But if I could go back in time, uh, I would just tell myself to get into IT sooner. Uh, I could just imagine where I would be, uh, the changes I'd be making right now. If I got in a little bit sooner and, you know, um, and just don't be afraid of getting into IT. I think the biggest scare for people is the technical terms and things that kind of like scare people and go, oh, what is system administrator? What is a, a system engineer? What is all that stuff? And then when you really kind of dumb it down, and tell them, tell people like, oh, this is what they do. You actually teach them, it uh, becomes easier. You know, it's the, the curse of knowledge, right? Like when you don't know something, it's it just seems so foreign. But then when you learn it and know it, you're like, oh, that's it. You know? So I think my biggest fear of getting into IT sooner was that I didn't think I'd be good enough to do it. You know, uh, I think we all have that. We all have some form of imposter syndrome. Um, and I still have it, you know, to this day. 
but sometimes people have pre-imposter syndrome. I don't know if that's a thing. You know what I mean? Where they kind of prevent themselves from doing something that most likely inherently they would actually be very good at. You know, so if I could go back in time, I'd tell myself, have the courage. Just go ahead and do it. Who cares? You know, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a good juggler. Maybe I should go try it. Maybe I should have told my younger self to be a good juggler. But it's it's just the courage to actually do something that you've never had before. That's so good. Would you consider yourself more of a fan of Android or iOS? And I see you have AirPods in, but (laughs) if you had to choose. Okay. I'm going to be fair. I've never actually owned an Android. I've never actually owned one. Yeah, I've never. Okay, so I actually got my first iPhone uh, actually relatively late. I got it in 2018. My wife got it before me. Uh, I was a Windows phone guy. And then before that, it was all Nokia flip phones and things like that. So, yeah, I've, and nothing against Android. I hear and I've seen, I've seen the, the features that usually come out first in iPhone, on Android phones for iPhones. But I just, I just, I mean, I've, I've troubleshot a lot of Android phones. I know how to troubleshoot them. I've been around them. I've had the feel of it. It just feels very foreign in my head. Uh, I like, I love the blue bubble. (laughs) Um, I find it strange when I'm in a group with a bunch of people and then one guy has the Android and turns the entire group chat green. It's really weird. (laughs) But, I mean, I see how powerful those things are. I've seen one of my friends game on a really awesome Android phone, and I can't do that on my iPhone, uh, regardless of how strong or how big the chip is or whatnot. So, yeah. But what am I a fan of? iPhone. So, yes. <laughs> Apple guy. Oh, man. I I think you're the first person I've met that went on – uh, a Windows Phone to iPhone pipeline. I didn't even know that that was a a thing. I remember Windows oh. Phone; like the UI was beautiful. I, I, I yeah, I was on Android, and I think I installed some launchers that like replicated <laughs> the Windows Phone style. It was so smooth, so smooth. Yeah, um, loved it. I, I, yeah, they yeah. they had the the little flipping widget thing man even like uh iphones like widgets that they try to do is nothing like the windows i've never seen a a phone do that still like it'll literally like like flip and it'll do all this cool stuff with the widgets and i was like this is cool this is before it's time yeah yeah it was it was beautiful i wish it was still around Yeah. yeah erich thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you'd want to, you know, plug in or advertise? Life, man. Just, you know, just courage and life. Uh, that's what I want to plug. Uh, people need to have the courage 
to live and to fail. Fail often, fail as hard as you can. That is as, as much of a plug I could tell for anything about life. So, and you know, don't be afraid. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Eric. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank Bye. you for having I'll me, I'll talk Brent. to you later. Bye.